and welcome to History Makers. I'm Matt Prater. Today, my guest host is CEO of Business Blessings, Wes Leak. Welcome to the show, Wes. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be back with you. And today, we're chatting with our uh, expert for the day, Mark Kenway. Uh, Mark has uh, authored a book called Rebound from Business Collapse and has got an amazing story to tell of uh, surviving after business liquidation. Now, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Matt, and thanks, Wes. It's good to be here. Now, Mark, uh, I've got uh, the book in my hands here. I can see a man standing in front of it uh, looks like uh, a river maybe in Brisbane perhaps, and he's got his, his arms out, raising up his hands to God, probably saying, thank God I made it through it all. <laughs> that, that tells the story, man. Yeah. It's, actually stand, it's me standing on top of the story bridge. I did the, the story, story bridge, bridge. adventure okay. climb, yep. um, and I did it because I'm afraid of heights, and uh, I wanted to challenge that fear. And uh, I'd actually did it twice. The first time I was white-knuckled holding on to the guide ropes. I went back again the second time and really... It was. I really rejoiced. It was just so exciting. They took a photograph of me, and I thought that really says something. And that's how it ended up on, the, on my book cover. Oh wow, that's a great a great photo. Now, Mark, uh, tell us a little bit about your background. Uh, were you brought up in like a Christian home? Uh, how did how did your journey of faith begin? Okay, I was raised as a as a Roman Catholic, um, and I'm very grateful for my my Catholic upbringing. Um, by when I was a young child, I certainly believed in God and, and had a relationship with God. But by the time I got to my teens, I'd become very cynical, very skeptical. Um, I certainly walked away from the Catholic Church by the time I was about sixteen. Um, got into a culture of um, you know uh, drug and, uh, and alcohol use, and uh, started living a pretty um, uh, bad lifestyle. Um, after doing that for a few years, I was very hollow and empty, and was really searching and hungering for some sort of spiritual meaning for life. Um, I became interested in Eastern mysticism, um, went to Asia, backpacked through Asia for a while, um, seeking spiritual enlightenment, um, went to all the Buddhist temples, every temple I could find I went to, expected to... um, to, for that saffron-robed monk to walk up to me and say, Grasshopper, we have been <laughs> expecting your coming. Um, it didn't happen. I came back to Australia very uh, disillusioned, very empty, and it was not long after that that uh, I met a, a Christian, a, what I call a real Christian, a born-again Christian, and uh, the um, what I noticed about him was that he had a real relationship with God. It wasn't about religion, and uh, and that it wasn't long that uh, that I before that I asked Jesus into my life. So I was about 21. Um, so that's about 29 years ago now. Hmm. Now, I'm always curious about uh, people's conversion moments, you know. Uh, was there a time when, uh, you know, you walked into a church and kind of looked around and thought, oh, is this going to be my new home? Like, well, what, was, what was your thoughts when you first walked, walked into a church? Yeah, look, it was, a, it was a little church of Christ. It was the Church of Christ at Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. And I do remember clearly the first time I, I went in there and I thought, what the heck am I doing here? This is, <laughs> this is Weirdsville. Um, and uh, I, I know it was the, I think the first time um, a salvation message was given. And I, I was sitting down the back row and I noticed that I was walking down the aisle and, and uh, it was my feet doing it. My head was going, what the heck is going on? <laughs> and I found myself down the front not really understanding what I was doing. But I look back now and realise that it was my spirit that was responding to the call of the Spirit of God. Um, so even though my head was having a big argument, um, but my spirit was so hungry for a relationship with God. And I think maybe about a, a month after that, I think revelation came, and uh, I, uh, I heard a message on repentance and on sin. And you know, at that point, the Holy Spirit really gave me an understanding, opened my mind to understand uh, what sin was, and that it was sin that had separated me from God. And uh, you know, I, I truly repented from that time. 
And did your uh, family and your mates notice a big change in your life at the time? Oh, absolutely. Um, a couple of weeks later, I was getting baptised, and um, one of my sisters, that one of the sisters who was sort of closest to me in age, she heard about me getting baptised and thought I was getting sucked into some weird cult. And she came to my baptism to talk me out of it and ended up getting saved there. Um, she saw the change in my life and saw the people that I was with. And um, I think a week later, she, um, she came to the Lord. And gradually over the years, all my family members um, came to know the Lord. Um, even my father, um, two days before he died, um, he took about 25 years to come through. But, <laughs> but uh, yes, the, the Lord's been really good to me. Isn't it good to know all your family's going to be in heaven with you, hey? Absolutely, yeah. That's a great relief. Today we're going to talk about a topic, I guess, that's very close to my heart because, as you know, my family went through a business collapse when I was younger. So, Mark, tell us your story. What happened in terms of of the businesses that you were involved with? Um, unfortunately, it's been more than once for me. Um, <laughs> uh, I wouldn't wish business failure upon anybody. It's an extremely painful experience on not only financially but emotionally. Uh, the first time happened in 1984. I, I began working for my father in 1979. We had a, an electrical retail business. Um, it was quite grew to be quite large. We had about 10 stores at one stage, 70 staff. Um, unfortunately, in 1983, there was a bit of a recession, and um, we didn't cope too well with that recession. In 1984, uh, we were put into receivership and then liquidated. And uh, that was one of the most painful experiences of my whole life. I, I remember it vividly. Um, when we uh, got through that, um, uh, both my father and I thought we never want to let that happen to us ever again. It was just too horrendous to describe. Um, so we, we started back up in business again, just very uh, humbly, very meagerly, uh, and began a long, slow road to recovery. By the late 90s, um, we had three retail stores again. We were doing quite well, um, and we thought that we would never have to, have to face that ugly experience again. 2003, my father passed away uh, from cancer, and that left me to run the business. Um, at that stage, we had probably about 15 staff. And uh, unfortunately, three years after he died in 2006, um, the business went down again with me standing at the helm. So, uh, And then I, I also had another business, a franchise business that I had bought into but wasn't uh, working, and I was employing somebody else to operate that business for me. So when I lost the family business in 2006, I thought, well, I'll, I'll just put my time and effort into getting this franchise business up and running. But unfortunately, I, I was um, really a spent force. I was emotionally, um, physically burned out from the collapse of the previous business, and I just had nothing left there. So I just had to tell the master franchise, or I'm sorry, I'll have to walk away from it. Uh, that, uh, you know, that was just adding failure to failure, but um, I recognised that my relationships and my own health were more important than any business was. Mark, unfortunately, that's a story that's begun to become quite common. I mean, we've heard this week that the government is very concerned about the economy and putting another rescue package in place. Interest rates are going down and they're expecting much more unemployment. What would you say to a person who looks like their business is going to go down? And sometimes it may be from their own fault, but at this time it's probably more likely because of the world economy. What would you say to someone in that situation right now? Okay, there's an enormous number of businesses that are in that position now. I was actually reading a report today done on Bradstreet, say that one in nine businesses are in the at-risk category right now. Um, that translates to about 250,000 businesses in Australia right now, small to medium-sized enterprises that are on the edge of collapse. And uh, that's an incredibly scary place to be. 
Um, in fact, the scariest time is just before it happens. Um, in, uh, I write about this in my book. I call it the descent phase. Um, and as you, it's like a, it's like a big slippery slide. The, the further down the slippery slide, the go, the more momentum you build, um, the scarier it, it becomes. Uh, what I would say to those people in that situation is, don't go it alone. Um, but the problem is, is that it is the nature of business people that they tend to be very independent by nature. Um, they tend to want to resolve problems themselves, seek advice. Um, now, ideally, if you can seek professional advice, I, I, I always encourage people to go to your accountant first. Um, if you don't believe that your accountant has got that expertise, then you need to find somebody else who will. Don't make these big decisions alone. And definitely include um, the, the key stakeholders um, in your business. Now, when I say stakeholders, um, people usually think of investors, um, banks. I'm talking on a more relational level like your spouse. Um, I uh, look back and I one of the things that I really regret is that I didn't um, t- talk to my wife and my family more about the issues that were going on in the business, partly because I wanted to insulate them from it. But uh, they are very, very important. They need to know what's going on. They need to be involved in, in the decision-making process. Uh, actually, just recently, I spoke to um, uh, one businessman whose business is in severe distress, and it's only a matter of days before his business collapses. And uh, he, I, I said, look, you know, you've got to talk to your wife about this, get her involved in the process. And together, they made the decision that, yes, they need to let go of the business. They need to find an exit strategy. Um, usually, as business people, we automatically think, well, how can we save this? Um, and and that's a wonderful quality. I, I actually call it in the book. I call it uh, pathological optimism, um, and it's a it's a wonderful wonderful trait in business people. But that any strength overplayed can become a weakness. Uh, one of the things we're not good at as as business people, we're not good at um, at sharing. We're not good at telling people how we're feeling. We're not good at telling people how we're really doing. Um, and I really encourage people talk to your key stakeholders, which is usually your your spouse. Um, family members, even your kids, uh, they're involved in it. A collapsed business has a dramatic impact on their lives. Um, don't try and hide it from them. Um, but definitely seek professional help. Uh, an accountant would be number one uh, port of call, uh, business consultant, uh, management consultant, business coach. Unfortunately, one of the problems is that when businesses are getting towards the bottom of the descent phase, there's usually not enough funds there to seek professional help. Uh, if that's the case, then then find a good someone with a good business head. Um, and if you are in a local church, invariably there are some business people in your church. I think you've got to just uh, admit that you're in trouble and uh, reach out to people and help. That that'd be my advice. It's funny that the key strengths that you need to run your business can actually turn into weaknesses when your business is coming down because uh, you need to. It's almost like you need a poker face at times to run a business, but. Uh, it, when things are going down, you've got to seek help and you've got to turn from pride to humility yeah. to go out and ask someone. So that's the biggest thing. I like what you said about the family. I know for us, uh, the family was affected hugely mm-hmm. by the decision. Where can spouses go to to find help? If the wife knows that the husband is going down, what do you say to the spouses? Uh, that's a that's a really tricky one. I I actually um, wrote uh, an article about this and I put it on my website. Um, uh, Ten tips for spouses. If your spouse is going through a business crisis, um, what are the things you can do to support them emotionally? Um, 
So uh, it's a tricky... I think one of the most important things that, that my wife did for me was that she believed in me, even when things were going really bad. I got to a point where I didn't believe in myself anymore. My whole um, confidence in my, in my business skills, in my competencies was, was crushed. Um, and my wife had faith in me. Um, and my kids had faith in me too. I think that was a key factor. Not everybody has that, uh, the strength of that sort of relationship. Um, one of the things that, uh, there's a, a, a very unhappy correlation between relationship collapse and business collapse. Um, I've spoken to so many people that uh, have lost their marriages, lost relationships, be, become estranged because of a financial crisis or a business collapse. Um, I believe this is one of the greatest challenges um, that's facing not only Australia but the world right now because it's, the, it's not just the, the financial cost of business collapse, it's the social cost, um, cost in terms of uh, mental health. Um, I, I can't tell you how many people are very strong, uh, competent, capable people uh, who right now are struggling with depression uh, because of that. Uh, people who are having very dark thoughts, uh, thoughts of even suicide. Uh, people who never thought they would think that way and never feel those things. And uh, it, without support of the relationships, without the support of local churches, um, I believe also, too, one of the things that I would really encourage churches to do, This is while this is a time of great uncertainty um, in the world and in our communities, it's also a wonderful opportunity for the local church to reach out to these people who are experiencing uh, challenges and crisis in their business, to re- just reach out to them in friendship. What they need more than anything else is friendship. And uh, the, uh, I know for myself, one of the things, business people tend to invest all of their energy, all of their time into their business, and they don't invest time into friendships. And what, what, uh, what happens when you lose a business, you find out who your real friends are. Uh, unfortunately, you find out that a lot of the people that you thought were friends were actually business associates. When you lose the business, you often lose those associates, and people become very disconnected or dislocated from their, their social networks, which tend to... Um, uh, gravitate around their business and a lot of people find themselves very lonely after a business collapse and I think this is a wonderful opportunity for the church to to reach out to these people uh, just to befriend them to create new social networks um, and ultimately to connect them to the greatest um, social connection that we need which is a a connection with God Um, that's that's really my passion now, one of my um, favourite psalms in the Bible uh, says, that, you know, that we can run to God. He's a hiding place and a shelter. You know, when you were going through this really tough time, uh, tell us about how your relationship with God went. Um, was prayer and Bible study a, a big part of your life at that time? Um, when, we, when I was the business was in the descent phase, um, I was really crying out to God, and certainly I, I lived in the psalms. Um, I, I just ate and, and breathed and slept the psalms. Um, every word that David um, wrote, I, I can identify with. Um, there was an enormous strength to me. When when the crunch actually came and the insolvency practitioners moved in to take control of the business, um, I then went from I, I was in disbelief, um, and I was actually quite angry with God for for a while. And I was sort of God, how could you let this happen to me? And uh, I, 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 after a few days, I moved past that and. I began to sense that, that God, still, God still had his hand on my life, even though my circumstances didn't indicate that. Um, and uh, I remember standing in my office, I think it was about four days after the um, liquidators had moved in, and I said to, uh, said to the Lord, um, I'm not doing a very good job of running my life. Whatever happens from here on in, I want you to be my CEO. 
Uh, at that time, I didn't know that Larry Julian had written a book called God is My CEO. I knew Jesus as my saviour, but now I, I appointed him CEO of my life from that point on. Mm. Now, there might be people listening now, Mark, that are thinking, you know, this guy's been through so much, he's he's uh, trusted in God through it all, uh, and they might be thinking, you know, they're so far away from God right now. Uh, there might be people that would like to become a Christian and and, uh, and find that relationship with God that, that you've been talking about. Do you just want to share with those listeners what you would say to them about how they could connect with God? Certainly. One of, I guess one of the most uh, dominant feelings you have when a business is failing is that you are a failure yourself. Um, you would... People tend to you think, well, how can how can God care about me? Um, and one of the things I've discovered from personal experience and also through the scriptures is that um, God's heart is for people when they are in the most desperate situations in their life. And God is even God has a heart for um, failed business people. Um, it's interesting that in society we don't um, uh, we're not uh, very warm and compassionate towards people who have failed in business. Uh, we tend to um, not want to deal with that area. Um, but I've really seen um, firsthand that God, God's heart aches for these people. God longs for them to know him. And uh, I, I found that my relationship with God was like an anchor. Um, I, was, um, I felt that I had been cut loose like a, sh- like a ship that had been cut loose, tossed about by waves, tossed about by wind and storm. And God became the anchor in my life. And I would say to those people who, who are feeling right now that they are in the worst storm of their life, that um, God is reaching out to them, mm. that, uh, that if they will uh, just say, look, hey, I, I, I can't run my life on my own. God, can you become the anchor in my life that mm. he will hold you in that storm? Mm. That doesn't mean that your problems are going to go away, that your circumstances are going to miraculously change, but it does mean that there, there is a peace that can, that can be in your heart even when your boat is being thrown about. Mm. Um, and it's just simply saying, God, come into my life. God, Come in, and he will bring people into you. Mm. So, really, the way to do that is through a local church. Um, if you have a Bible, I would suggest you go to the Scriptures and turn to the Psalms, um, or read one of the Gospels, the Gospel of John, especially. Uh, but certainly, look, try and find a local church, um, and uh, they're not hard to find, and there'll be people there that'll that will understand. Um, surprisingly, there's a lot of a uh, lot of failed business people in churches too who know what it's like. Um, that's one of the wonderful things is because I've been very open about my failures. Uh, I found that has opened the door. A lot of people have come to me and said, wow, I went through that some time ago. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do is reach out to those people and say that there is help out there. Um, it may not be business help, but it's help for your life. It's help for your future. Mm. Well, I can definitely see, Mark, your, your genuine heart for God and your love for him. And, and I can uh, certainly uh, believe that God's going to use you to reach many more people in the future. And I pray that God blesses you in that. Uh, now, Mark, we've got a website uh, people can go to if they'd like to find out more about uh, your ministry that you're a part of. Uh, it's lifeafterliquidation.com, uh, where they can find out all details about uh, Mark Kenway. And uh, I thank you, Wes, for co-hosting the show with us today. Wes from uh, Business Blessings. And uh, we'll uh, looking forward to hearing about how you're making history in the future, Mark. Thanks for joining us. Can I just add one last thing? Yeah, sure. Um, Wes uh, heads up a group called Business Blessings, and that I joined that not long after I lost my business, and that was an enormous help to me. Um, if you are in that, if you're a Christian and you're in that situation, I would really couldn't encourage you more to try and uh, just look up businessblessings.com.au, I think it is, and uh, a wonderful group of Christian business people who are all facing similar challenges. And uh, that was an enormous help to me. So if you find churches are too big a leap, business blessings is a good intermediary. 
God bless you. Thanks so much for joining us on History Makers. That brings us to the end of this week's show. You can listen to this interview again or any of our other interviews. Simply go to historymakersradio.com. Thanks for joining us. History Makers.